everyone, this is Zain Sharma, the Director of Pioneer Missions and School of Missions with Kingdom Vision Global, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. To receive more updates from us, please do visit our website, kvglobal.org, or find us on our Instagram page, Global School of Missions. Today with us, we have Pastor Danston John, and he'll be sharing with us about the seven churches of the Book of Revelation. If you would like to watch the videos of the Disciple Makers Conference, head over to our YouTube channel, Kingdom Vision Global, and don't forget to subscribe for some amazing life-giving content coming up. God bless and have a wonderful listen. I am so thrilled and I'm so excited. So what I'm going to do today is that we're going to do a study okay on the seven churches of the book of revelation seven churches of the book of revelation now the lord put this in my heart specifically for the christian leaders and also those who are involved in making disciples that the lord wanted this 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 group of people and i know the lord loves the whole body of christ and don't get me wrong he loves his church but i believe that the lord has you know, uh, has a, uh, what do you call a special place for those who are being called for his namesake, who have been called out to serve him. And so I believe that you are a, a, a leader in some way or the other, in some places where God has called you to lead, to be the light, to be the salt, to make disciples of his nations. I tell you, this Christian life, the reason it's so exciting is because we are in for an adventure. There is an adventure waiting with us every day is an adventure amen and we are confronting darkness we are defeating the forces of evil we are seeing how the enemy you know one side we are seeing how the enemy has been robbing lives and destroying people and this gospel that the lord has given us is saving lives healing the sick healing the brokenhearted and we're seeing the kingdom of god advancing and what a joy uh, to live to see that happen in our lives amen and so uh, uh, this particular study that you know uh, the Lord's been uh, uh, talking to me about, I sense it. I, I sense it very strongly for for the community of disciple makers specifically because I believe that the Lord has something greater in store for each one of us, and so. You know, uh, um, as 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 a mentor for so many people, I I, I ask hard questions when I sit down with people uh, at different pastors and leaders, and you know, uh, I love the work that you know men of God do, women of God do, and sometimes I'm I'm uh, I'm compelled rather to ask some hard questions about uh, uh, you know how is your Christian life, how is your how how are you following Jesus, and how are you. Uh, um, how are you going after the purpose of God in your life? And 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 I tell you, sometimes being a mentor is not an easy thing. Easy thing to be because you are uh, uh, being a friend is different. Being a mentor is different. And and uh, sometimes as a friend, you know, you want to just pat someone's back and encourage them and say, "Yes, come on, do more for Jesus." But as a mentor, you see things in a different light. You see things in a different perspective. You see, uh, uh, you want to get more deeper with everything right so and and as this is the seven churches is somewhat of that type and i understood that jesus here is giving uh, a, a a direct uh, you know word uh, for these pastors and and for the church and he's not he's not beating around the bush he's not just uh, uh, giving them some um a shallow words of appreciation but it's it's more of saying like hey listen you know, I know 
who you are, how you know who truly you are. And I want to uh, get more deeper in relationship with you. I want to come into your heart and I want to come so deep inside of you. And, 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 and that's what Jesus wants us to do with us. And I tell you, it's, it's, this is not a shallow relationship. We don't have a, you know, a, a, a no depth relationship with Jesus. And if that is what you have with Jesus, let me tell you something. You have not yet experienced the relationship with the Lord. So this relationship with Jesus that we are having every day is it's uh, it's, 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 it's supposed to be more deeper and deeper and deeper. Amen. And that's how it's supposed to be. Okay. So when we go through the seven churches, and by the way, I'm only going to be covering three churches for the next three days. And next month, I'm going to be covering other four churches. But these three churches that we are going to study today are going to throw a lot of light into what the Lord is, uh, uh, what the Lord wants to tell us, what He wants to speak to us, and 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 there are some things. So I'm going to be very direct to you, okay? If there's if there's anything the Lord puts in my heart, I'm I'm going to I'm going to speak uh, and express His words as the Lord speak wants me to do that because I strongly sense that as as we uh, come together with the light of Jesus. The light of Jesus are about to expose some of the things that are in our heart that might cause as an hindrance uh, in our walk with Jesus and in our walk in our in our purpose in our and following Jesus. Amen. So God wants to remove that hindrance right now so that you can fully experience His presence. You can fully live the life that God has called you to live. Amen. And so. Are you ready for this? Amen. Are you ready to dive deeper? I'm so excited. I believe the Holy Spirit is here right now, wants to minister to your heart. He wants to speak to your heart. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and Jesus is interested in us. Man, I tell you, if he's so, he's, he's not this distant personality. Okay. He wants to draw close to us. And everything about the Bible you see, everywhere you see that Jesus says, come close to me, draw near unto me, and I want to draw near unto you. This, this, is, this relationship with Jesus is so, so special. It is so special. Unlike any relationships on the planet, I tell you, Jesus wants to draw closer and closer to us every single day, every single day. And so let's go to uh, the book of Revelations now, okay? Let's go to the book of Revelations. And I trust that you have opened up the book of Revelations, chapter 2, verse 1. Book of Revelations, chapter 2, verse 1. And we are going to do a study right now. And we are going to let the Holy Spirit talk to us. We're going to let the Lord minister to us. Let him encounter us. And we're going to ask the Lord to to clear anything that is not supposed to be in our lives where we so that we can become this effective servants we can become uh you know a, a, a blessed sons and daughters of him amen so let's just pray right now father we thank you for your presence and we thank you for your glory we thank you for your for your amazing touch in our lives father thank you for that you called us to an amazing purpose in our lives and lord as we um as we listen to your voice today, Father God, help us to understand you more deeper. Help us to understand what you're saying. Help us to uh, 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 help us to lay a foundation this day, Father God. Help us to, Father God, to overcome some things that you want us to overcome today. Lord, help us to be an effective servants 
help us to go more more deeper in, in our walk with you jesus so lord i we ask you and we invite your holy presence to come in jesus name amen and amen hallelujah praise god praise god okay so i'm about to read to you uh the book of um uh, from the book of revelation uh chapter two and uh from verse one onwards it says to the angel of the church of ephesus write these things says who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands i know your works your labor your patience and that you cannot bear those who are evil and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary now these are the first three verses that i've just read out to you so i want you to underline certain words because uh, i'm about to explain to you what some of those uh, how how those uh, can play in our context okay how that can minister to our situation the first thing here jesus talks to is to the angel of the church in ephesus now here the angel means the messenger uh it's not the uh, it's, it's not the uh, the angel of in in heaven in, in heavenly places but this is an angel meaning uh the word angel there means messenger another word for messenger is also called as an angel now to the angel meaning let's call it as to the pastor of the church of ephesus okay the, the ephesus was in a magnificent city it was a city there was bustling with all sort of activities it was a religious it was business oriented uh it had a uh, it was a it, it was a mostly one of the you know top cities in in turkey during those days and now here it says to these things says he who holds the seven stars he in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven golden lamb stands okay now jesus is saying i'm the one who's holding it i'm the one who's holding it meaning the the seven golden lamb stands is referring here to uh the seven churches and the seven stars is basically referring to the angels okay now these are angels all right now he speaks about holds the seven stars in his right hand and who uh, walks in the midst of the seven golden stands two things i want you to underline here i want you to underline he who holds and then i want you to underline he who walks okay he who holds and he who walks and then you can underline mist okay he's in our mist amen and 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 you see the picture with me uh this whole thing okay picture with me or imagine stir up your imagination with me okay jesus is holding all right now this is this is powerful guys jesus is holding everything together in colossians 1 17 it talked jesus says when I mean, the word says for he is before all things and he holds them all together in other words everything is held by the power of god you your salvation is eternally secure 
I mean, it's God has been holding us. He's the one who holds our future. He's the one who holds our lives. I, I tell you, our life would have been messed up. Our life would have been all over the place if not for Jesus holding us together. Amen. He holds us together. And then we see uh, that the, the first picture I want you to know that, that the Lord is holding you. He's, he's got a hand upon your life. Okay. <laughs> if God's hand was not upon each of our lives, I don't know where our lives would have been ended, where our marriages would have been ended, where our ministries would have been ended. And it is because of God's hand that's upon our lives. I tell you, that's the first thing we need to think about at this point in time. There's nothing we have deserved to to come into to be qualified to serve him it's because of his hand upon our life the very reason that you are breathing right now is because god's hand was upon your life the very reason nothing bad happened to you even after you uh, did some crazy stuff because god's hand was upon your life and as a result of that we see that we see a picture of how jesus is i'm the one who's holding it i'm the one who is who is uh, um, um, holding it strong i'm the one who's who's not letting it go but but you see here then the next thing he talks about jesus who walks in the midst in other words jesus is is the, the when you say when we walks in the mess is like it it talks about how in the back in the uh, the days in the garden of eden where the bible says for in the in the cool of the day god walked with adam and eve and and you see that the walking represents the, the intimacy. It talks about how I'm walking with you. This is a journey with Jesus, guys. This is not a sprint or this is not a a, a, a sprint with the Lord. It's a, it's, a, it's a journey with Jesus. We are walking with him every single day. He walks with us. Amen. And says he, he walks and he's in the midst of us. In other words, he's not outside somewhere. He's not somewhere distant. He's right in the midst of those churches. He's saying, I'm in the community and I'm within you guys. I'm within a family. I, I, and just picture with me, guys. This is so precious. I, I don't know if you're getting it, but this is so, so precious that Jesus is so involved in our lives. He's holding us. He's walking with us and he's in our midst. And whatever you're going through right now, these three things, Man, I tell you, these three things will just bless you. You know, whatever you're going through at this point in time, maybe you're thinking about future. Maybe you're thinking about what's going to happen to you next. You're thinking about what about your family, thinking about if, if, if what job am I going to go next? Maybe you're thinking about those failures and uh, that how, what every, how everybody treats you. But I want you to know right now that it doesn't matter where and what has happened to you or what is happening with you. Or what is going to happen? I want you to picture this particular thing at this point and look at how it says Jesus holds and he's walking with us. He holds us. He's walking with us and he's in the midst of us. He's in the midst of us. Amen. And the next thing we see here, the, uh, this part where Jesus says, I know your works. I know your works. And I know your labor your patience remember paul said that that no labor is of waste for christ no labor that you have done for the name for, for the lord has is 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 has gone in vain so here's what jesus says i know your works he says i know your labor and i know your patience three things underline i know your works labor and your patience jesus is aware of everything you are doing at this point in time if you're 
great works that you do and sometimes you want people to notice them sometimes you want some recognition sometimes you know nobody wants to do something and not be recognized right it's in us but who cares if people don't recognize it or they undermine the value of your work there is someone who knows the value of what you do at this point in time there's somebody who knows how hard you've been working for the kingdom of god there's somebody who knows that you've been patient enough and sometimes as believers as christians the one thing we really hate is to be patient i mean we can do be anything but to be patient and i was look i was the other day i was uh <laughs> i was in a, a dunkin donuts and i was just ordering a coffee and one guy just lost all his patience because his coffee did not come on time and guess when did he order his coffee just two minutes ago and he wanted his coffee so badly that he had he had no time to lose and he felt like this is taking years trust me that's how he acted but sometimes as christians we we also do the same right i mean uh not everything uh in our lives happens just like that it takes time it takes time okay uh, uh, some of you want you just heard the promise of god like five hours ago and and it and it didn't come through and now you're just fretting over it you're you are literally sulking there wait a minute just grow up it takes time it takes time i tell you some of the promises and prophecies that i've heard in my life it took years for them to come to pass and in the midst of those years the lord wanted to work on me he wanted to work on my character he wanted to work on my nature so that i can become more like him the day i choose to follow him the day i choose to grow up and become like him that's the time i began to see the promises of god begin to come to pass because the lord will not fulfill anything too early for us amen he wants us to first grow up and we uh, confirm our character uh, more like jesus and that's when we begin to see some things falling in place and then he says you cannot bear those who are evil I know your works, I know your labor, and you're patient, and you cannot bear those who are evil. Now, speaking about those who do evil stuff, you cannot bear them. In other words, you don't, you don't tolerate them. You are, um, in other words, you're saying that I don't want anything to come in, 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 in uh, you know, no evil stuff to come in. So this church was also doctrinally pure. Next sentence, it says, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. What a church, right? This whole church did not just receive what was coming. They, they, they tested before they received it in this spirit. They tested. And I tell you, this is something that we as Christians, as believers in Christ, and as Christian leaders specifically, I must tell you this, that we must be responsible for what we allow in our churches. We must be responsible, must take responsibility in what our believers are hearing. Because I tell you honestly, all you need is a little bit of dirt to fall in some uh, like a milk or something a little bit of it 
and it just corrupts everything. And so this particular church had a strong discernment and they did not allow anything to ruin their relationship with Jesus. So if there was any false teacher or false teaching that uh, tried to come in, they immediately knew it. They knew it that this is not from God. They knew it that this is not the teaching of Jesus Christ. They knew that Paul never taught this. They knew Peter never taught this. They knew that this was not of God. And they took a bold stand for it. They took a bold stand for it. Now, how many churches can we, can, can, can we become like this church? How many churches are right now taking a bold stand? Right? And so this church was the church that took a bold stand against anything that was false, that was anything that did not confirm to the character of Christ. They said no to it. And they said that, you know what? They cannot bear it. They said, we are not going to bear it. We're not going to tolerate it. We're just going to reject it. Amen. So, and, um, and then it talks about how they have tested the apostles. It's not just teaching, but even the teacher got tested. Even the tested the teacher. And they said they, 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 they called themselves apostles who said they are apostles. And nowadays we have a lot of self-proclaimed apostles and prophets who are coming into the scene today. And they claim to be who they are, but um, their teachings are very different. It's not in the Bible. It's not, they're, they are, they're after what we call as a popular opinion, but they don't preach the word. Now be careful because sometimes we can easily give in to a popular Christian opinion. But what we really need is the word of God. Don't just allow some, 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 some just any, any teaching to just come, any philosophy or anything just to come and, and make you feel like, oh, it's just from the Lord. It's not from the Lord. You got to first check in the, whether it's in the word or not. If you don't check if it's in the word, then guess what? You are up for de uh, deception. You are a candidate for deception. So, and they were very firm. They were very bold about it. They said, no, we are not going to allow false apostles, false teaching, or anything that is evil. We're not going to allow it. We're not going to tolerate it. And then we see that uh, in verse 3, and you have preserved and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. He says, what you have, uh, I'm sorry, persevere, not preserved. I'm sorry about that. It's persevere and have patience and have labored for my name's sake. The Lord, the Lord here repeats the word laboring and patience. It looks like Jesus is telling the church over and over again, good job in this area. I'm really proud of you. I'm really happy that, that you've been so patient. I'm so happy that you are that you that you have labored for my name's sake. Now, this is something we need to understand, guys. You know, most people think there is no hard work after they become believers. <laughs> they don't have to work hard. They just have to rely on the grace of God for everything. No, no, no. That's a, that's a wrong thing to. That's a wrong understanding. There is a hard work. As Christians, we are called to work labor. There is a labor. 
Now, this is a different type of labor. But if you're confusing with the labor and the, the rest part is different. We work from rest. We labor from rest. We don't labor unto rest. We work, labor from the place of rest. Meaning, we uh, from the place of rest, in the place of knowing that Jesus has fought and he has won the victory. From the place of victory, we fight our battles. But here's what this church, the church was a hardworking church. It was not a lazy church. It was not a church that was sitting there idle and not doing anything. Now, how many Christians are there that go to church on a Sunday, they hear great sermons and come back, and then they go back on the next Sunday, they do their two-hour thing on every Sunday after Sunday, and guess what? Their lives are not productive. Why? Because they think that all they have to do is go to church on a Sundays and they call it as me working hard for the kingdom of God. No, no, no. That's not what it is. To work for the kingdom of God is a daily business. Every single day you serve Jesus. So this church, they, they really worked hard. They persevered. Through, uh, through temptations and through tribulations, through persecutions, they never give up. To, be, to persevere means to never give up, to say, you know what? We're not going to back down. We're going to fight this battle. We're going to fight this temptation. We're going to win this war. We're not going to give up. So I just love these characteristics of this church because this, this, these are amazing qualities that we must have as believers that we don't give up the, in, in, in the times of difficult times. I tell you honestly, you know, the, the devil sends these tests in our lives, just like how he tested Job, right? He went to, to, to God and said, you know what? Give me Job. I'm going to try him. I'm going to test him. And I'm going to see how faithful he is to you after this. You know what God said? Go ahead. Do your thing. And that's what exactly what the enemy is doing right now in our lives. He's testing us. He's trying us. But all the more, we must understand that two things we can be in the midst of that. One is that we can become bitter with God. Or the second is that we can persevere and say, you know what? I'm not going to give up in the midst of the fire. I'm going to stand for the Lord. I'm going to go after him. I'm just going to serve him regardless of what's going on in my life. Whether I see a blessing happen or blessing not happen, I am going to serve Jesus. And that's the kind of an attitude that the Lord wants to see in us. That's the kind of an attitude that this church had. It's not like, a, you know, you come to the Lord and you don't see anything happen tomorrow. We say bye and I'm going away. No, that's, that's not kind of a relationship that the Lord is looking for right now. And, and, and for, for most of the people, when they don't see their prayers being answered after a certain time, they stop praying. And that's what it means to, to allow temptation in your life. Just because you've been praying and praying and praying, and now you stop praying because you didn't see anything happen. That's like giving into what the devil wanted you to do. So stop praying. But if you keep praying despite not seeing anything happen, that shows that your faith is still strong. That shows that you're still willing to surrender in the midst of silence, in the midst of no miracles, in the midst of fire. You're still willing to surrender before the Lord. And that's what it means to persevere.
to persevere. I tell you, uh, in America, we have, they say over a thousand pastors quit every year. Thousand pastors quit every year. Can you, can you believe? Every year, thousand pastors quitting. That means over a thousand churches are going without a shepherd. It's crazy. And uh, the reason is, the reasons are sometimes completely unreasonable. They're not able to stand the test of time. They're not able to stand the test of, of, of their finances, their marriages. They can't, they can't bear it. And so they quit. They quit. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to quit. His main thing for you is to quit. So that you will stop serving God. And when you stop serving God, you become idle. What better, what, what, what better thing that the enemy wants to, uh, wants to see in us? So just to stop serving God, right? The ultimate thing is that, to stop serving God. And for that, he will do a lot of things. He will put you to shame. He will guilt you. He will condemn you. And then eventually, he wants you to stop serving God. But this church over here, they had persecution. They had trials and everything, but they persevered. And uh, they labored. And then finally, they did not become weary. They did not become weary. Verse 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you, and you have left your first love. You have left your first love. And I want you to pause here. Jesus is saying, listen, I like everything that you do. I mean, you're so beautiful from the outside. I love the hard work you're doing. I love your achievements in life. I love the growth that you've been having right now. I love the success stories. I love the fact that you don't listen to the false teachers and false teaching. I love the fact that you have been patient enough. You have endured everything. You've, you, you, you're just amazing. But this is one thing that I have against you. Do you see how Jesus corrects the church? He looks at the church and he says, I just love this about you. He starts off with that. And this is, this is called, this is how you correct from a place of grace, from a point of grace. That you don't, if you want to correct somebody, just correct like Jesus. And um, <laughs> when, when you if you want to teach or correct somebody, don't start from a place like, I have this against you. No, no, no. Hold on. Let's start off by saying some good qualities. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's talking some good qualities first. He's saying, I like this, I like this about you. And you're amazing. You're patient. You're hardworking. You, are, you don't listen to false teachers. You, but this one thing I have against you. One thing I have against you. Just like how that the rich man who came to Jesus and, and, and he said, what must I do to get that eternal life? And then Jesus says, well, I want you to go and give up everything. I want you to go and give up everything and, uh, and follow me. But before that, what did he say? I have followed all the Ten Commandments. I followed all the Ten Commandments. And then Jesus said, well, okay. Then you do one, one, do one thing. Sell everything. And then you come and follow me. Give it to the poor and then come follow me. And the Bible says that the rich man went sad. He went away sad. Because he thought that his good works is going to save him. But Jesus ultimately wanted to test him that just by religiously following God, it's not going to make you his disciple. 
It's not going to let you enter the kingdom of God. You have to love him. You have to love him. Now, here's what the Bible talks about. He says that, uh, nevertheless, I have this against you. Now, Jesus starts off with what I am for. And now he says what I'm against. And he says, there's one thing that I want you to correct. Is this, and this is the main thing. This is the main thing. It looks like they had everything but the main thing. And that is, um, nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Now, picture with me. You have a great house. Okay. We just bought a, a beautiful house. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And we love the locality. We love the neighborhood. We love everything about this house. Just picture. Everything is great. But there is no power. There is no electricity in the house. Right? What would you do? Some of the things would not function clearly. Right? Some of the things... Um, what would you want to do in sitting in that in a house where there is no power, no electricity, right? Something is missing, right? There's no light. And so uh, it was somewhat like that. The church was glorious, but there was no power. And then here, nevertheless, I have against you that you have left your first love. Now, they're not lost their first love. They have left their first love. This is a deliberate act. They deliberately moved away from loving Jesus. And they got into doing things for the Lord. They said, okay, well, let's, they kind of replaced spending time to love the Lord by doing things for God. And they were thinking that they were, by thinking by doing this, God is somehow pleased with them. You see, the day we think that uh, by doing ministry, we are doing the will of God, we are setting ourselves for a failure. It's how much we love Jesus is the most important thing. It's how much we love Jesus. It's not how much we minister for him. It's how much we love him. Boy, I can tell you this. It's how much we are willing to walk with him. And you can see great men and women of God. There's one thing that they constantly did was they spent time loving Jesus. Whether there's a ministry or whether there's no ministry, they loved the Lord. They loved the Lord. And from that place of loving Him, they did everything for Him. Otherwise, you, can, you will keep on doing things for, for the Lord without loving Him. And guess what? Sooner or later, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. And you start to wonder and question, why am I doing all of this? It becomes very religious. It becomes extremely religious. Remember when David sinned. In, um, he wrote this in Psalm 51, verse 12. He said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Cast me not away from thy presence, God. Create in me a clean heart. David prayed that such a genuine prayer from the depths of his heart. And he said, Restore unto me my joy of my salvation. Imagine being in a relationship 
or you're married to somebody for years and if there's no joy in the relationship and we are just doing things for one another you know you can't call it a marriage it's a it's, it is it is a marriage but it's a dead marriage if there is no love for each other then the lord says well it's a dead marriage yeah you're married but it's a dead marriage to me yeah you have a great church but it's a dead church if you're not loving the brokenhearted if you're not loving the um um, um the one that um uh, your sheep or your people that in, in your church or in your ministry if you don't have that true love for people in the church well god says well it's a great ministry but it's a dead ministry it's a dead church and that's exactly what the lord is saying over here that um uh, you have left your first love you left your first love you deliberately moved away from it you moved away from it so the lord says well i want you to uh, we're having a relationship that's true you can definitely say that i'm a i'm a christian well then how is your how are you christian in the first place do you sit and pray do you read the word what are some of your acts you do on a daily basis to call yourself as a disciple of Jesus? Anybody can say I'm a disciple of the Lord. Anybody can say I'm a Christian. And what most Christians would settle for that answer is that they say I go to church on a Sunday. That doesn't make you a Christian. Who said that going to a church makes you a Christian? That doesn't make you a that doesn't uh, uh, make you a Christian that's not in the Bible that says okay now that you uh, uh, the way to become a Christian is to go uh, to uh, to the place of gathering every Sunday that doesn't make you a Christian what really makes you a Christian is when you are a person of love when you love the Lord with all your heart and and when you love something you're desperate for it you're after it you're pursuing it to love Jesus means to pursue him to go after him and I tell you that there have been days in my own life where the Lord, um, you know, I have no much great ministry going on during those days, sometimes for weeks. And um, and I just, I've, I've, I, I've, I feel the Lord saying to me that I did not call you for ministry. I called you to it, but not for it. I have called you for me. I want you to be for me. I want you to, I raised you for my namesake. So the challenge here is the church over here was doing great, but they lost their first love. They lost their first love. Um, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent, verse 5. Remember, underline the word remember. The Lord wants us to remember the former things that we used to do for his namesake. And they remember the day that you became a believer. And when the offering box was passed around, you were the first one to jump up and say, I want to give to the Lord. But after years went by, now you forget about giving. You even question whether giving is even in the Bible or not. That's become another set of teaching nowadays. You see, when you, the day you became a believer, you, you knew less, but you carried a great experience with the Lord. You knew less. And you had this amazing, a graceful experience with Jesus. 
And if that point in somebody would tell you, hey, wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning and pray, you would just wake up without so even anybody, anything. You would just wake up and say, hey, I want to seek him. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. And I tell you, remember, I remember my days where I used, when I first got saved, I didn't, I didn't want to, I mean, I didn't have anyone telling me what I have to do. I mean, I just wanted to fast and pray. I need, I did not need anyone to tell me that I had to fast and pray. I would just naturally fast and pray. I would naturally go out to win souls for Jesus. That was, that was my, 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 I would, my first nature, the time I got saved, it became my first nature in Christ. But as the years go by, something begins to happen to us. We get busy, we, we become more uh, reasoning, and uh, we get into a lot of different stuff. And so here's what the Lord is saying. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. You were once here active for my name. You were once here doing things for my name. You were once here discipling people and going after me and you, you, were, you were worshiping me for hours and you're fasting. And But now, but now, what happened? What stopped you? What affected you? What changed you? So the Lord is saying, I, I love that, 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 that original you. I love it so much. I don't want it. So, uh, and so the Lord says, remember, where you follow. And even for some matter, I want to share this one more thought. Is like, for some of us, when the Lord began to speak to you about forgiving of forgiveness of sins, when you received the forgiveness of sins, you immediately forgive everybody around you, all those who, who hurt you, even, even the ones that did not like you or demonstrated you or criticized you. You went immediately and forgive them. And, but now you're complaining about forgiving. You're saying, okay, let me just teach that brother or sister some lesson. The lesson goes first and forgiveness come later. Now you've become this, another type of a person whom the, whom the Lord says, I don't recognize that part of you because that's not the, that's not, that's not the person that I saw when I touched him or her. You were a different person back then. And so the Lord is saying, I want you to recognize where you were first and where you are right now and see the difference. And now praise God, there are believers like that. There's no, um, you know, there's no difference. They've been on fire for him. They've been, uh, you know, they've been after him ever since they, have, they were born again and they became believers in Jesus. Praise God for such believers. Praise God. They, the fire never left them and they, they continued in their walk with Jesus, regardless of what temptations or struggles or persecutions they had to go through. They still, they still are walking with the Lord even today. And there are people like that. The Bible talks about that in one of the churches. And I, I want to, man, when I read that, I had tears in my eyes and I said, Lord, I want to be like that. I, I don't care if I have a great ministry. I don't care if I have this global ministry, but I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose your presence. And, and, and David prayed that. He said, Lord, cast me not away from your presence. He didn't say, don't cast me away from my kingdom. He didn't say that. He said, cast me not away from your presence because your presence is what I live for. If that is gone, then everything is gone. Everything is gone. If God decides to remove the presence out of your life, everything is gone. 
Everything is gone. And then he states that in the next sentence. Look at this. It says, where you have fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Now the Bible does not say I will remove you. It says I will remove the lampstand. The lampstand is his presence. In other words, the lamp stand is the fire. The, the you know we are we we are the uh, you know uh, the lamp. The fire is Jesus. He says, "I will remove it. I will remove the lamp stand from its place unless you repent." So, Jesus wants us to repent right now. The only answer, the only antidote for our backsliding, is to come back in prayer. I mean. No amount of counseling will work here. If you want to come back to Jesus today, come back. Just come back. It's that simple. He has made a way. You don't create a pathway to God. He's already made a way for you to come back. He's already made a way for you to repent. There's nothing you need to do right now. If you know you've messed up, if you know that you've fallen away from grace, if you know that you've, you've, you've gone away from him, you've walked away from him, just turn back. Just turn back. If you if you if you've done if you if you feel that this you got to do something to come no no you don't have to do anything all you got to do is come back that's what the prodigal son did he said come. The word repent means to return as simple. The word repent means to return. Just return back. And you walk towards Christ, not backwards towards Him. You once were walking with him and then you changed your path, but now you're returning back to the original path. That is what it means to be repentant. Simple means repentance. Repentance is, is, is nothing other than that. It's just to return to the Lord Jesus, to return to that place where you once were. And when you do that, you'll start to experience breakthroughs. But here's what the Lord said. Now, this is conditional, guys. Now, how I want you to catch this. He says, where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Repent and do what you did before. That's the antidote. Repent and go back to your first works. Go back to your first works. Go back and fast. Go back and pray. Go back and read my word. Go back and win souls. Go back and go back and help your pastor in the ministry. Go back and forgive those who hurt you. Go back and, 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 and serve those who are in need. Go, go back. Go to the first works. I tell you honestly, and I'm, I'm not here to, uh, you know, offend anyone. But I find sometimes Christians can be so one of the most laziest group of people in the, in the world. We we just love to sit there and, and 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 receive sermons after sermons, but we don't want to work out. We don't want to work out what we just heard from the Lord. And if you're not going to work out what you heard from the Lord, guess what's going to happen? You're killing your faith. Your faith is shipwrecked because you're not putting your faith to practice. And what does the Bible say? Faith without works is what? It's a dead faith. So in order for your faith to come alive, you need to go back into the word. You need to go back and say, I'm going to back to the, I'm going to do the first works that I used to do before. And remain there. And remain there. 
I tell you, there's nothing that is more satisfying than the relationship with Jesus. There's nothing satisfying than the relationship with Jesus. And the goal of the seven church study is to love Jesus and to obey him. The reason our obedience is, is a hard, we feel so hard, it's for difficult to obey him because we have, we have not loved him enough. If you love the Lord with all your heart, the obedience is so easy. The submission part comes so easy. But you cannot submit to someone whom you don't love. You cannot obey someone that you cannot love. Obedience is a very natural thing. The opposite of obedience is not disobedience. For the matter of fact, it is. But the opposite of disobedience is a rebellion. For God, is, he sees as a rebellion. We are either living in this obedient relationship with God or either we are in a rebellion relationship with God. We cannot be in both at the same time. So, and here's what the Lord is saying. Go back and do the first works. Or, if you don't listen, if you don't listen, I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Here's what I want you to catch. I was talking to someone uh, day before yesterday and I was telling them, um, it is Jesus who appoints ministers. We don't appoint ministers. As, as, a, as a church, we, don't, we make disciples, but we don't appoint ministers. I don't know which scripture in the Bible that says that people appointed leaders. No, the Bible says he, he uh, gave some to be apostles. He gave some to be evangelists. He appointed the, the ministers. He appointed the leadership in the church. There is nowhere it says that Apostle Paul appointed this. Yeah, he went and he delegated his authority to the elders. But it is Jesus who appoints the leaders in the church. It's him who calls. He calls us to serve him. But he does not let a man appoint another man. He only asks a man to delegate. You can delegate spiritual authority. But it's only Jesus appoints people. Now, if he appoints someone, he can also fire someone. Boy, I don't want him to be there. I don't want him to be there. It's not in God's will to fire any of us. So, and he says, I will come to you quickly and remove you, your lampstand from its place. The very lampstand, meaning uh, um, uh, the vision, my presence, uh, the assignment which I've called you to do, I'll, I'll have to remove it. You know why he said that? It was not like he was trying to punish our behavior. He was basically saying, either I want you to be genuinely with me or I don't want you to serve me. That's the standard that Jesus was setting up with his people. Either genuinely I want you to come after me or else it's better for you not to come or, or do things for my name's sake. Because I want your passion to match what you do for me. I want your character to match what you do for me. There's no such thing as a ministry that is separate and a character is separate. God says, I want that to be equal. I want that to match. Now here the Bible says, I'll remove the lampstand away from you because it's better for me to remove it. He was not trying to judge the church. 
here. This is not a judgmental note. I'm going to remove it. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to tell you to stand in the corner. Now, that's not what Jesus is trying to say here. He's saying, I have to remove it. You know why? Because I want you to know that loving me comes first. Loving me and acknowledging me comes first. If that was, if that's not there, then it's better for you not to, not to serve me now. Because I don't want you to serve me without your true love for me. He's not punishing the church here. So the, the responsibility for the Christian leader was that, that he would love the church. That, and that he would love the Lord. And that he would love him and obey him and follow him. And then we see that unless you repent, the condition here is repenting, unless you return, unless you take some steps backwards and come to me, nothing is going to change. And then he finally talks about in uh, uh, verse 6, but this you have that you hate the deeds of Nicolaitans, which I also hate. I'm going to give you some homework to study on the deeds of, of Nicolaitans, but you know who these people are. I know you hate them. And then we see in verse 7, he who has an ear, let him hear what the church what the spirit says to the churches now for most people think that all oh, this this particular letter was written back in those old days but let me tell you something the bible says the spirit says to the churches not said to the churches says to the churches the holy spirit is constantly speaking to the churches he's constantly speaking to the churches and so but the point is that he who has an ear. Now it's like this. There are a lot of, you know, we have heard this uh, analogy before. There's a lot of radio waves in the room, but you, only when you, you turn on your radio transmitter, it picks up those waves and then it transmits it, right? Likewise, there could be a thousand people in the church, but only five of them out of a thousand or 50 of them out of a thousand will have the ear to hear what the Lord is saying. It's possible. It's possible that you can just become this normal believer and uh, and not have that, not have your spiritual years or spiritual understanding being sharpened. So, so, so let's not not just be the believers, but let's have our ears open to him. Let's keep hearing what he's saying. And the best part here is, I, I love this thing. He says that he who has and ear, let him ear, and that's what the servant does. When master calls a servant, he's always constantly listening to what the master is saying and what uh, paying attention to what the master is saying. He's watching what the master is doing, and this is a display of a servanthood over here that we've got to constantly be aware of his presence, be aware of what he's telling us to do, where he's asking us to go, and be constantly be aware of of what he's what he's doing in our lives and that's the secret of Jesus's ministry that he kept his ears always open he was sensitive to the holy spirit and the uh, the, uh, the contrary to that the moment we become dead to the presence of god and dead to the sensitivity of the holy spirit we're just living in a religion we're just living in a religion 
And you can probably read that in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 21, I believe, where it talks about the Ichabod. The Ichabod is the, the glory that got departed from the temple. The temple was so beautiful in and out, made of gold and stuff like that, but the glory was missing. And sometimes as Christians, we can, we can, uh, uh, we can do a lot of great things, but the glory is missing. The, the voice of God is missing. So here's, the, here's what you, the Spirit is saying. The Spirit speaks to churches, but here's the thing. He who has an ear. He who has an ear, listen to the he who has an ear. And then hear what the Spirit of the Spirit says. If you have a ear right now, then you will hear. Jesus said, My sheep. What does my sheep do? Hears my voice. It hears my voice. My sheep knows what I'm calling. My sheep knows me better. So the 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 uh, uh, the part here is speaks about intimacy with the Lord. So your day-to-day -day relationship with Jesus is the most important thing here. Because when you have a day-to-day -day relationship with the Lord, your hearing gets more sharpened. You're able to discern his voice better. But one day, if you are you you, you are praying, the next day you are not, and a week passed by and you're not praying, month passed by, you're you're not still not seeking him. Guess what happened? Your hearing gets more dull and dull and dull. And that's why you run after prophets. You run after all these men of God and women of God to ask them, what is God saying about me? I mean, why should God speak to them about you? Why can't you get from God directly? His reason is because you're not doing the hardest part. You're doing the easy part here. And that's what I challenge Christians and I challenge the believers. You must seek the Lord. You must seek Him. And the Bible is so beautiful. It says, when you seek me, you will find me. The Lord is not playing a hide and seek with us. Trust me, He's not trying to hide from us. He wants us to come and seek. He said, come, come after me. Come after me. Come up here. In Revelation, He said, come up here. I will show great things. Come after me. When you do your part, you begin to see some amazing things happen in the Spirit. And Finally, I want to close here. To him who overcomes, I will give him to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. We cannot fully comprehend what just happens when we just overcome. And here's what the Lord is saying. I want you to not just to be this wrestler. I, want, I don't want you to be a wrestler. We are in the ring. We are in the battle with this enemy right now. But I want you to take the Take that 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 uh, uh the championship belt and come out of the ring. I don't want you to just go to the ring and and fight and fight and fight because I've not just called you to wrestle. I've called you to be an overcomer, because sometimes we think that we are wrestling against the forces of darkness. That's true, but what the Lord is saying here is that I'm looking for an overcoming church. I'm not looking for a church that is the uh, weak. I'm not looking for a church that is that is sitting idle. I'm not looking for a church that is uh, malnourished or I'm not looking for a church that is, no, no, he's looking for overcomers. He's looking for people that will go into the battle and win the victory and come out. And that's the kind of, of the church that the Lord is looking for. So my time's up. So what I'm about to do now is I, I believe that uh, there, um, you know, the Lord has spoken to many of you today. So what we're going to do now, 
is I'm gonna I'm going to um, I'm going to ask a question. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. I'm not going to ask I'm not going to ask a question directly to you, but I'm going to ask this question, and I want you to use the chat option. I want you to use the chat option. I want you to um, go into the chat, and I want you to type your answers. I want you to type your answers. The first question is, what was the problem with the church at Ephesus? What was the problem at, uh, at, the, uh, uh, at the church of Ephesus, with the church of Ephesus? What was the problem with the church at Ephesus? I want you to just go ahead and put in your thoughts, uh, you know, put in your uh, answers. What do you think was the problem? Okay, don't unmute. We're not going to do an audio, just a chat, okay? And I'm going to read out your answers. Um, get more deeper, okay? Don't copy somebody's answers. Use, uh, 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 use your own, you know, brain. Use your own, uh, you know, your, your spiritual senses here. Okay, stir up and say, what is the problem with the church at Ephesus? What was the problem? Let's just uh, look into that. Okay, I'm about to see a lot of, uh, lot of answers coming up. Okay, they left their first love. Great, they left their first love. Okay, uh, false teaching, that's correct. Yes, false teaching, false teaching. They were more traditional. Yes, and they were more lawful. That's correct. I like it. Yes, false teachings. That's correct. They got busy. They, they got busy. They, uh, they did great works, but they pulled away from intimacy. What a powerful statement that is. They got pulled away from intimacy. It's possible. Okay, Church of the Feasts forgot their first love for God. The first love for God. They became religious. They became religious. Okay. And never had a relationship with Jesus. Wow. That's true. Never had a relationship with Jesus. Well, I would say they initially they probably they would have had a good relationship with the Lord because they had fallen after that. And now they kind of you know left that first love, meaning they uh they became they got into the doing aspect and and forgot the, the being aspect. So yes. The efficient church was a working church. Sometimes a focus on working for Jesus will eclipse a love for relationship with, with him. That is so true. Uh, they worship Mary. Wow. Okay. I didn't know this. They worship Mary. Okay. Let me just look up on that. Okay. <laughs> All right. God wanted them to listen to him and love him. That's true. God, the Lord wanted them to listen, pay attention. That's so true. There was no uh, repentance. There was everything but repentance. That's so true. Worship idols. They worshiped idols. Okay, they worshiped idols. Much like what we see today, they were worshiping all these idols. Okay, um, that's good. That's good. Okay, what else? What else can we think about? What was the problem? The, all the answers are amazing. There was no intimacy. Bottom line. Bottom line is this. They were no, they were not, they did not love the Lord uh enough you know so jesus is looking for that he's looking for it was a loveless church he's looking to be an intimate with that church right he's looking for intimacy with you right now okay um they became lazy yes they became lazy hmm. okay they became religious and they rebelled they rebelled they lived in rebellion they didn't know they were living in rebellion they lived in rebellion by the way that's so true. That's so true. Yeah, much of what we are seeing right now, right? Much of what we're seeing from the scriptural point of view, 
from the scriptural point of view, we're seeing that there was Jesus uh, saw that there were issues in the uh, issues, but they were they were not able to see it. It it took the confrontation directly from Jesus. Hey, there's one thing I want you to fix right now. Go and fix it. Go and fix it. Okay. All right. Uh, they took grace for granted. They took grace for granted. That is so true. That is so true. All right. Let's get more a little more deeper. Okay. A little more deeper. A little more deeper. What what does it look like? What does it look like when you have lost your first love? Or you left, not lost, when you left your first love. What does it look like when you when you leave your first love? What happens then, right? You become very cold in your spirit. You become very cold in your in your spirit. Okay. You become religious, you do things for his name, you go to church, you don't miss any any Sundays or Saturdays, whichever you know uh, days you believe in. Um, you don't forget tithing and all that. You do it religiously. But uh, but the main thing here was the, the fact that it was missing was love. Okay. Uh, all right. So what is the good part of the, this church? What is the good side of this church? What was the good side of the officious church? Come on. Go ahead. Read, read the scriptures from the scriptural point of view. I want you to answer from the scriptural point of view. Okay. Scriptural point of view. What was... Uh, uh, the the blessing of this church. What was the what was the what, what what are the good things that this church did? Let's look into that. Okay, uh, perseverance. That is so true. The church persevered. Wow. Okay, hardworking. Yeah, discernment. That's true. That's true. Discernment. Okay, discernment. What else? They had a strong discernment. They were hardworking. They were persevering. That is so true. Amazing. Okay. What was any, anything else you want to add? They did not become weary. Wow. They did not become weary. And they did not tolerate evil. For some of you, maybe some of the things that, you know, might have touched like, hey, they did not, did not grow weary. They, they, although they lost, you know, left their first love, but they still kept on doing things, but did not become weary in what they were doing. That's good. That's good. And they were patience. They were patience. Yes, they were very uh, uh, their patience was amazing, you know, and uh, the Lord noticed that they were patient. And they recognized false teaching. That, isn't that so amazing? They recognized false teaching. Do you recognize a false teaching today? If somebody asked me, what is a false teaching? Let me tell you what a false teaching is. The false teaching is, is simple. What is not, it's not that what doesn't make sense. It's not called a false teaching. A false teaching is anything that that does not take you or lead you to Jesus. Now you can twist and turn the Bible and present it to people and still deceive people, because that's what Satan does, right? But if there's anything that does not lead you to the heart of God, anything that does not get you into the relationship with Jesus, you've got to just reject that teaching. The recognized false teaching. That is so true. Okay. Now, what can we? My last question here, and we're going to close. What can we learn from the church of Ephesus? What can we learn? I want you to put your answers, and we're going to pray together, okay? What can we learn from the church of Ephesus? Put that on. What can we learn from the church of Ephesus? If somebody added, there were mature leaders, the bishop elders, and etc. Praise God. Okay. To pursue Jesus daily. Yeah. What can we learn from the church of Ephesus? 
to pursue Jesus daily, be faithful always and persevere, serve intimate relationship with Jesus. Reverence, okay, reverence. That's a great point, reverence. Reverence, yeah, to hear the voice of God. To hear the voice of God, yeah. Never lose your first love. Never lose your first love. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Wait on the Lord. Great point. They did not grow weary. Not to grow weary. Keep doing. In other words, when I say keep doing, I'm not saying just be busy with something. No. Keep walking with the Lord. Keep serving Him. Don't keep you. Don't keep yourself away from serving Jesus. I realize uh, uh, sometimes we grow by serving Him more. The more we serve Him, the more we grow. Amen. Don't let people discourage you. That's so true. Don't let people discourage you. Return to Jesus. Repent. Return to Him. Always remember to be a Mary in a Martha's world. That is awesome. Yeah. Stay focused on the Lord. Stay focused on the Lord. There is nothing satisfying than having a relationship with Jesus. That is so true. That is so true. That is so true. Overcome, overcome to eat from the tree of life. Stand no matter what. Work hard for the Lord. He sees and empowers us to, to give, serve in love, not out of obligation. That is so true. That's a powerful point. Yeah. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on challenges. Whoa, that's awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> love it. Man, you guys are preachers here. Okay. Keep pushing in. Keep pushing in. That's so true. To maintain first love. Maintain first love. Let's just pray in our heart today that we'll be able to maintain our first love for Jesus. Amen. Nothing. We, we should always constantly be in in uh, constantly be aware of that fact that you know that we are walking in love with Jesus. That the moment we feel that we are declining in that area, that's when we need to pull backwards and say, "Okay, I'm going to come back." Jesus sees everything. Don't touch the anointed once. That is so true. Don't touch the anointed ones. Regard teachers and leaders. Serve Lord genuinely. Holiness. Holiness. That's a great point. Holiness. And that is something that's coming up in the next, I mean, you know, the third, third day we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Raise up. Raise up. Praise God. Hate the actions of uh, Nicolaitans. So Nicolaitans, so I want you to, uh, you know, uh, you can pronounce it however you want in a, uh, my mouth just mumbles on that. Nicolotens, how do you pronounce that? Uh, go and do a homework on it. Now, I can share with you guys, but now I want to give you guys to do, to do some working here. I want you to put to work. So, ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. It says in James, ask for wisdom and he will give it to you. Yes. Okay. 
So we learned a lot of stuff from the church officials. What about the others that are, who are not putting up on the chat? Come on, I want you to be active. It's okay. There's nothing, uh, you know. There's, we're not, we're not gonna we're not gonna ask you if it's a wrong or right thing. I just want to know what did you learn from from the church of Ephesus? Come on, use the chat option there and uh, put it on the chat. Serve gladly. Serve gladly. Serve or a place of joy. That is amazing. Always seek his presence. Always seek his presence. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. To seek his presence is my favorite thing to do. Okay, repent, return to Lord Jesus. Yes, repentance is so important. Uh, like I said, repentance is not crying and, you know, and, and feeling bad or anything like that. That's, that's remorse. Uh, repentance is just coming back, just returning, coming back. Be a good listener of the Holy Spirit. Who said this? This is awesome. I was waiting for this point, actually. Uh, be a good listener of the Holy Spirit, Sangeeta. Okay, she just said it. Amazing. Good point. Good point. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. We are going to now pray. And we're going to be uh, starting our next session tomorrow at the same time. Log in. 9 a.m. is going to be the EST USA. And 7.30 p.m. in India, um, in, I believe in Nepal, it's uh, 15 minutes. I think it's back and forth. I'm not sure where. But uh, remember, it's uh, 7.30 p.m. in India, in the USA. Uh, it's going to be uh, East Coast at 9 a.m. at the East Coast. Um, and so if you're able to convert your, to, into different time zones, uh, just check with your time zones and, and uh, you know make sure to join us at that time. But if you do have any questions, uh, if you're if you're confused about what time does it start in your country, reach out to us. So probably we'll be able to help you with that. Uh, okay, so as somebody said in Nepal, it is 7:45 p.m. So that's the time that we are going to log in tomorrow on Zoom. So once again, I am so thrilled. I'm so excited for the study, and I hope that this this today's teaching has really blessed you, blessed me. It uh, it spoke to my heart, uh, and I believe that tomorrow is going to be another greater day with Jesus. Amen. So come prepared. I want you to read the second church, the church of Smyrna, and just go through it once. And so tomorrow when we do the study, it'll be easy for you to understand and some of the things that we're going to touch on. Um, uh, it's easy for, easy for you to receive and, you know, uh, uh, to understand what we're going to be teaching tomorrow. So uh, make sure to be uh, reading that portion of the passage. So, Father, can we just pray now? Can we? I want you to just uh, open your heart to God. I want you to just love on Jesus right now. And, and if the Lord has ministered to you any of these, any of these, uh, uh, you know, particular things that we just went through in this passage, if you know some of our areas, the Lord has been ministering to us. I believe for. For some of us, it could be on the first love. For some of us, it could be on perseverance. For some of us, it could be on not growing weary. For some of us, it could be not being lazy. For some of us, it could be recognizing false teaching. Whichever areas that the Lord has been talking to you on, I want you to just open your heart. And I want you to just say, Lord, just fill me more. Fill me more with your wisdom. And we're going to pray. The main theme, I think, is, is about 
us going away from the first love. And the Lord says, remember, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this day. For you are faithful. And there is no one like you. And at this point in time, Lord, we just want to so want we are so grateful to you. We're so thankful for your amazing grace in our lives. We thank you for your hand upon our lives. We thank you for the deeper work that you've been doing in our lives. We thank you for showing us, oh God, where we have fallen. Where we have fallen. And, and thank you for showing us in the areas that we need to be corrected right now. So we can fully enjoy the relationship with you, Father. And so, Lord, I ask you right now to, to convict us more today. Convict us of our sin. Convict us of our weaknesses. Convict us. So, Father God, that we would repent from those things and we will return to you. Lord, we just repent if we've left the first love. We repent if we have not sought you enough. We repent if we have not understood your heart all this while. We repent if we've been just been so busy, so busy, oh God, and not have the time for you. Help us to repent today, God, and help us to come back to the place of first love. Help us to do those first works. Help us to get more deeper in you, God. Nothing else matters other than your presence. Nothing else matters other than your presence, God. So we ask you right now to come and minister to us. I pray that you will touch people right now. I pray that you'll supernaturally touch everyone in, the, in, this, in this call in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray for an encounter. I want you to just, you know, receive it because I sense in my spirit that there's an, there's an encounter. I just felt the Lord just standing in front of you. I had, the, I had a vision in my mind at this time and I felt when I was praying, the Lord is just standing in right in front of you and is reaching his hands to you. Come on, don't miss this. Look, this is so important. This is so precious. And so, Father, I ask you right now to touch your people. Touch your people. Touch your people right now. Let them be so lost in your love, O oh God, that nothing, no loss of this, of, of this world will affect them. Nothing will affect them, O oh God. I pray that you will restore the joy of our salvation, the excitement of serving you. The joy of serving you will return into our hearts. I pray that you will, Lord, Set us on fire. Set us on fire right now. I pray that you will encounter right now each one of us in a special way. That Lord, that we will not stop praying and not stop seeking you from here onwards. 
that we will be drawn by your presence to your presence, O oh God. That our spiritual ears will constantly be open. That, Lord, we will constantly walk in understanding. That we will grow in character. That, Lord, that we will become your servants who will serve from a place of holiness. Lord, we just pray that you will keep us closer and closer to your heart. I just thank you, God, for that beautiful presence that's upon us right now. Come on, just enjoy the presence of God. Just the presence of God is upon us right now. The glory of God is upon us right now. Let him fill you. Let him touch you. Let him let him love on you right now. Let him let him just just bless you. Let him just bless you. Let him just bless you. Let him just encounter you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now. 